Welcome to the Hope for the Weary Christian Woman podcast, the go-to podcast for the Christian woman walking through suffering and hard times. I am so glad that you're here. Do you want a relationship with God that's deep, real, and intimate? Do you wish that you could fully trust God's plans and process and rely on Him through all things and believe all of His promises? Well, take a deep breath. I got you. This is a show for the Christian woman who is struggling to trust God fully because life is so stinking hard. And maybe, like me, you felt like there's no hope, no way out, and no point in even praying about it anymore. I want you to know that as long as God is on the throne, it's not time to throw in the towel. You can find strength, peace, and hope in a closer relationship with God when everything in your life seems to be going wrong. How do I know that? Because I've done it. Hey there, I am Latoya Edwards. I am your Christian spiritual growth mindset and life coach and a proud single mom of four boys. And over the last two decades, I have walked through more suffering and trials than I could ever tell you. In fact, there was a time when I was sure that God had forgotten all about me. He didn't. I was just weary from all the hard stuff. But I've come through it all with a fearless faith and a close relationship with Him. And if that sounds like something you need to, you are in the right place. I can't wait to help you find renewed faith, a peace-filled mind, and restored hope. Let's get started. We are going to look at the third fly that we often have to struggle with on our way to being bold and courageous in our walk with God. I am not worthy of God's blessings because of my past mistakes. So in module one, we looked at a lie that spoke to our feelings and how we feel when we're walking through hard times. In module two, we looked at a lie that addressed what we believe and think about God. And with this lie, we are looking at how we view ourselves. And the three biggest struggles that I see women when they're walking through this are the struggle with shame, guilt, and a low self-worth. Now, just like our other modules, I want to take us to the word of God to find an example in scripture and see what kind of biblical principles that we can pull out when it comes to addressing this idea and this lie that somehow, because we make mistakes and we might have something really sinful in our past, that that disqualifies us from God's goodness. And we are going to talk about one of my favorite passages of scripture of all times, and it is the woman at the well or the Samaritan woman. And we find this story in John chapter four, and it's around verses four to like 32. It's a really long, meaty, rich chapter. And I'm going to summarize it um, for you. So what we see when this passage begins is that Jesus and the disciples are on a journey. And Jesus decides to go out of his way to go through Samaria to get to their destination. He could have gotten there a lot shorter if he went another way, but he purposes in his heart that he wants to meet this woman that's going to come to the well. And so he sits down by the well. Um, side note, this is also Jacob's well that we see in the Old Testament, same location. And he sends the disciples um, away into town to get supplies and food. So he is alone when this Samaritan woman comes to the well. Now, and so every day, women would go out to the well and get what they needed for the day, for cooking, for cleaning, for whatever they needed. They would go and get their supply of water. This woman in particular is going like in the heat of the day. No other women are out there. They've already gotten what they needed and gone home. She's out here all alone in like the hottest part of the day. And 
she's a Samaritan. And so when she gets to this well and she sees Jesus, he asks her for some water, you know, can I have a drink? Now, this is amazing for a lot of reasons. Back then, men didn't talk to women like that. Um, he's also a Jew and she's a Samaritan. They did not, not get along. And so we already have this stage of a conversation that culturally speaking should not happen. But remember what I said, Jesus goes out of his way to be in this exact spot at this exact moment. And what you will find if you, as you read through, and I encourage you, go get your Bibles, pull out John chapter four and read the whole thing. What you will see in the conversation, Jesus speaks truth to this woman. And he speaks so much truth to her about herself and her sin and her struggles that in the end, she's fully convinced that he is the Messiah. He is the chosen one. The end of her story, I love this verse because in verse chapter four, verse 29, she says, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? This woman full of shame for various reasons. And we're going to get to why in just a moment, if you're not familiar with the story, goes back and evangelizes her entire town. She cannot shut up about the Messiah. She must tell everybody that she sees about the Jesus that she just met. And so if we back up just a little bit, I want to zoom in on a teeny part of this conversation. We've already established that she is gathering water by herself and she's there when no other women are there, um, right? She's Samaritan. She's just, if there's a pecking order, she's probably at the bottom. And Jesus says this to her in verse 16. Jesus says to her, go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And so this is very important to understand. She is clearly not somebody that would have been considered to be righteous or noble or virtuous in any way. The fact that she has had five husbands and that the one, the man she's with now, they're actually not legally married in that culture, can tell us a few things about her. So she, as a woman, right, they, in this time, right, they really, they weren't allowed to own property and all of these things. They really depended on their husband as a way to have security and safety and to be taken care of. And the fact that she has five women can tell us a little bit about her. So it's possible that she was barren, that she wasn't able to have children. And so um, her husband's kept divorcing her for that reason. But it's clear that there is some hurt, some pain, some poor choices at best in this woman's life. And Jesus speaks straight to this about her. This is probably why she's not gathering water with the other women. She's probably like, topic of gossip, looks, whispers, stares, and she doesn't want to experience that. She's just trying to go through her life being unnoticed. And Jesus sees her and he acknowledges this truth about her. He sees right to the ugly part of her that I'm sure she wishes that nobody ever saw. And he speaks truth to her and he lets her know, listen, I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you've done but it doesn't matter because I am going to give you gospel despite all of that. And this is, I think, what he wants us to know about ourselves. It doesn't matter the mistakes that you've made in your past. It's all covered under the love of God, right? The cross covers it all. 
John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that is all of us, he gave his only son, that whosoever will believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And so here's a thing that you want to know about your past, right? Yes, we make poor choices, okay? And in the moment where she encounters Jesus and he confronts her with the truth, right? She does not pull back from him. He does not pull away from her. He accepts her and loves her for exactly who she is. And that is why she is able to accept the truth of the gospel. And then gets so excited that she leaves. She never gets her water. Like we never see it as fast that she got what she went there for. And she runs off and she has to spread the word. Same goes for each of us. God wants us to know that he sees whatever sin, whatever mistake is in your past. He sees it. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you've done. He loves you anyway. And so I want to look at shame, guilt, and low self-worth. When we do something wrong, we feel guilty. And I think the source of that guilt is almost like conviction that we should feel guilty. We should feel the sting of our sin and of those poor choices so that it drives us to repent, humble ourselves and repent and to make things right. Right. So guilt says this, I did something wrong. So if I bite my child's head off because I am in a bad mood and I'm having a bad day, right? Guilt will tell me I did something wrong and I need to go and humble myself before my child and repent and ask for their forgiveness to repair that relationship. Shame, on the other hand, says that you're wrong. Okay. So guilt says that what you did is wrong. Shame says that you are wrong. So in that same example, if I yell at my child, shame is going to tell me that I'm a terrible mother. I shouldn't be allowed to have kids, right? That's what shame is going to do. It's going to speak to who I am. I am wrong. There's something wrong with me. I must be broken in some way. There's something that can't be fixed, um, right? And that's clearly why I do all of these awful things. Shame is a lie, right? We have to learn to get our identity from the truest source there is, and that's God, right? We have to ground ourselves in our identity and what the word of God says about us. And God does not ever tell us that we should be full of shame and bound by shame. So low self-worth really speaks to feeling incompetent, inadequate, insecure, right? So it's not that like you're wrong and you're a horrible person, um, right? And you're worthless because you haven't done, because you did something. And it's not that you feel bad at what you did. It's really speaking to your purpose, okay? A person that's struggling with low self-esteem is going to tell themselves, I can't do that. Like, I'm not smart enough, um, right? Even if I tried, I always mess everything up. I'm a failure. I can't do that, right? Nobody's gonna love me. Nobody cares about me. How could they? Look at me, um, right? This is a person that's afraid to make mistakes. So why do all three of these things kind of keep us stuck? Well, it's because they speak to something that is true. They speak to the fact that we make mistakes, that we mess up, that we don't get things right. Guilt, right, is supposed to drive us to repentance. But that shame and that low self-worth attacks our, our personhood, our identity, and our purpose. And here's the way that we combat that. Like I said before, we ground ourselves in the truth. We have to find our identity. We have to find our worth, our value, our purpose in Christ. Because your identity is what really, really matters. And I think this is why the enemy attacks us so much. If we don't understand who we are as daughters of the king, then we miss out on our authority 
and we miss out on that access and intimacy and closeness with God that he wants to give us, which is going to empower us to overcome all of the bad things that are going on in our life. And in Philippians chapter one, verse six, this is what Paul reminds us, that he who began good work will see it through to completion. And that is so true for us. Sanctification is a process. And sometimes a shame and low self-worth and guilt and all of these things that we're talking about are roadblocks like on that path. But rest assured, whatever God starts, he's going to finish. And so we have to just keep persevering and hold on to the truth as we're on this journey, because that is what is going to keep us grounded so that when the enemy tries to tell us that we are awful and unlovable and unsavable, right, and that there's no hope for us, we can combat that with the truth of, nope, because I serve a God that is able to like heal and overcome and forgive all of that. I hope you were blessed and encouraged by today's episode. I pray it inspires you to draw closer to God. If so, would you stop and share this episode with someone that you know that's feeling weary right now? It would also be a huge blessing to me if you could leave a five-star rating and review in your podcast player. This will help women just like you find the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. And remember, sometimes life just plain sucks, but God is always there with you. Rest in that truth and find hope for your weary soul.